You know, you can be uh, anywhere in life and find most anybody ready, whether it's a service repairman for your AC uh, or construction or whatever other field out there for repair but and never find them. But when you need a plumber, they're always around. You know what I'm saying? Plumbers are always handy, right? Uh, anyways, welcome to my church. Uh, my name's Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And let's do this real quick. Let's, let's welcome all of our first-time guests and everyone watching live online. Glad to have you guys today. woo And hey, didn't these, did, did our band just like blow it out? Was that like not like, woo? If you don't get fired up over that, I mean, you might just be dead. I don't know. But that was really awesome. Uh, love these guys. And uh, let me just say, I'm glad you're here this morning. We are kicking off a brand new series called Tids, Tis the Season. And our goal in this is to find a little jolly, right? Put some jolly back in the Christmas season. And here's the reason why. Because uh, whether you grasp this or not, for a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, this is a season that's really depressing for a lot of folks and and honestly very discouraging. So I want to start out with some jokes this morning, all right? Uh, Maybe not necessarily uh, jokes, but some thoughts, some ideas uh, about the Christmas season. So you guys will have to help me with this. This might be the funniest stuff you've ever heard in your entire lifetime, okay? So buckle up, get ready, all right? So here we go. What do you call an elf who sings? A rapper, W-R-A-P-P-E-R. That's what they do. They rap, all right? Okay, I'm telling you, these are good. Come on, stay with me. It's awesome. All right, what do you call people who are afraid of Santa Claus? Claustrophobic, right? Claustrophobic, claustrophobic. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rudolph, rude, Rudolph. Y'all going to help me out now. I got a lot more. All right, come on now. I got a lot. We got like 50 of these things. No, I don't. All right. All right. Why was Santa's little helper depressed? Because he, because he had low elf esteem. Come on. They're, good. They're getting better. I'm telling you. All right, here we go. Uh, what do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause. All right. And so uh, those weren't all that great, but let me see if this one works. All right. Here, here's the four stages of life. All right. First stage. You believe in Santa Claus. Second stage, you don't believe in Santa Claus. Third stage, you dress up like Santa Claus. And the fourth stage, you look like Santa Claus. Okay. I'm not accusing anybody of that here today, all right? But here's the reality. The reality is Christmas can be majorly depressing. It really can. Uh, If you talk to any psychologist... Anybody works in mental health, uh, they will tell you that this this year, this time of the year is is the most for suicides, for people and marriages and struggles, and it just seems like everything sort of like manifests itself, and everything kinds of uh, is a reminder of all that's wrong in humanity uh, this time of year. Uh, you see the worst come out of people. You see folks that all of a sudden, they hadn't thought about it in months, but all of a sudden they remember all the worst things of their past, brokenness, struggle, and it's just, it's just the time of the year. If, you, if you're not paying attention, if you're not on guard, it can cause you to lose your, your jolly in this time of the year. So what I want to do is I want to take today and the next few weeks to really encourage us. And today, today th- that's what the conversation is today. Today I want to encourage you to be 
encouragers. So what I want to do today is I want to, I want to just dive in, uh, and I'll have you go ahead and advance, look up 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, whether to turn on your device or open up your device, however that is. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll have it up on screens. But think about this, like, I mean, you know, day to day, right? Day to day, we, we, uh, we have the tendency to operate our day and step out there. Most of us, you wake up, and what's the first thing a lot of people do? If you're social media savvy, you, the first thing you do is you check out your social media page, right? And this time of year, it's really easy to like, be scrolling down, looking at your feed, and all of a sudden, you realize how undecorated your house is by, by based off everybody else's wonderful decorations, right? Like I, I have that. I, I leave my house uh, early in the morning on occasion or come home late, and the next-door neighbor, their house is like so decorated, and every year my kids are like, Dad, why don't we have our house decorated like them, those guys? And I'm like, I'm a terrible dad, right? So you get on social media, you get on, and, and you're surfing. You're like, okay, my house is not decorated as good. And all of a sudden, what else do you find? You're like, oh, my best friend, they're on another vacation. I haven't had a vacation, right? They're, they've got like two weeks left over. They can stay off of, out of work for until the New Year's. I don't have vacation. You're surfing, and you realize, like, you know, there was this incredible party the night before that you weren't at and didn't even know about it, right? So you do all that, you, you, you head off to work, you get to work, and maybe you, you worked on a project, it didn't go that great, and your boss just like jumps on your case and nitpicks and busts your chops. You're like, all right, this is going bad. You go to lunch, and you end up finding like that Black Friday, Friday deal over at Columbus Park Crossing, right? It's crowded, it's crazy. Things are going downhill. You decide to go to the mall or whatever. You pick out a shirt, that'll make me feel better. You even, like, you walk out in your new shirt. You go back to the office. Boss is still busting your chops. You're like, I'm done. You, you take off early. You go home. You come home. You're like, hey, everybody, what's up? Your wife drives you nuts. She's mad at you because you forgot to take the trash out. And lo and behold, your in-laws are in town, right? And they go, hey, you got a new shirt. And they go, and you go, hey, yeah, I like it. And they go, oh. You're like, oh. What do you mean, like, oh, like, oh? Or oh, like, oh? They don't say anything, right? And all of a sudden, you sit there, and your kids walk in, and then they, your, your kids leave, and all of a sudden they, they go, hey, uh, you should do a better job of parenting your kids. You start defending yourselves, and all of a sudden the kids go, yeah, they agree with your in-laws, right? That's a bad day, right? It's one of those days that sometimes you go, I don't even know why I try, right? So here's what I want to do in this series. I want us to understand that very first thing out of the gate in this conversation is our God is an encouraging God. We have a God who is an encouraging God, and he wants us to be like him for each other. So here's the thing. I believe God is calling all of us to be great people who build each other up. So my my whole conversation today goes this route that I believe the number one most spiritual thing that you can do is to become someone who encourages others and builds them up. Why? Because... Because we live in a world that's, like, discouraged. We really, if you really look around, there's a whole lot of negativity going on. I mean, it's not positive. It's negative. People are just dragging down each other. People are just kind of living one mode. And it's like, my job is to unencourage you. My job is to chew you up. My job is to, people think that. But see, if we're, if we're really Christ followers, if, really, if we're really, like, uh, have bowed the knee to Jesus, and we're his children. He's in us. We're in him. 
then we're supposed to be in his image. And you know what he is? He is an encourager. That's who he is. So if he's an encourager, then we ought to be an encourager. So if you got your message notes today, I want to give you three points today. First, very first one I just gave you, it is this. Our God is an encouraging God. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, a really awesome, cool dude in the Bible that we all can relate to. In 2 Corinthians, he speaks about this really as he is in a bad, bad state uh, of life. Uh, probably a decent state of mind, but yet, man, really in a bad place, so much in a bad place that God sends someone to encourage him. So Paul speaks of this, and, and here's, here it is. If we are to reflect the nature of God, which we ought to, then we need to understand that our God is an encouraging God. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. He says, when we arrived in Macedonia, we, he's with a, a band of brothers, right? Some guys, they've been going from island to island to island on this ship. Storms and problems and people tried to kill them along the way. They're about to sink their boat. They're throwing stuff out of their boat to keep from sinking. All this mess Finally, they arrive in Macedonia. They get this guy who's saying, come help us in this dream. So he finally gets to Macedonia. And the very first thing he realizes is like, we arrived in Macedonia, and guess what? There's no rest for us, right? We've had all this chaotic stuff going on. We finally get to the place we're supposed to be, like we're going to settle. It's going to be chill. Nope, there's no rest. You guys ever feel that way? You're going, you're going, you're going. You're finally, now I can take a breath. And it's like your car breaks down. Finally, I can take a breath, and then, your, your kids do something terrible. Your wife hurts your feelings. Or you have some, you know, disillusioning loss, something happening. And he says, we face conflict from every direction. Like, he's, he's, he's letting people in on, man, this has been rough. It's been a rough ride. We face conflict from every direction. And then he, then he kind of really helps us look at how it really is in our, our circles, in our life, in our world today. He says, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Isn't that kind of how it always begins? You got you got stuff going on the outs on the outside, struggles, difficulties, people, negativity, stuff you could believe or not believe, heartbreak. You know, I lost a mom personally. I lost a mom on December twenty fourth, in nineteen ninety. I mean, this time of year, I remember that. I mean, you got you got struggles on the outside, and what happens oftentimes is, on the outside, you got problems, and then what happens on the inside is you get fear, problems on the outside. Fear on the inside, but God. Notice verse 6. I love how this is. Paul's talking about struggles, disillusionment, difficulties, and then he goes, he brings up two powerful words. He says, but God. But God. And I love how this continues to go. But God encourages those who are what? Discouraged. So he tells us something about the nature of God. And this is what we need. Whenever you get lost, kind of in the thick of your problems, your struggles, I mean, you got something you've been waiting for forever to happen, and you think God's like you're in, you're in the right spot, but then this, this problem that never goes away over here, you're like, what is up with that? It never goes away. Here's, here's what Paul's saying. Hey, when you're faced with all these problems, all these struggles, I want you to remember a truth about who God is. He goes, but God, and here's the truth about who God is. It's his nature. God is somebody who encourages those who are discouraged. That's who he is. It is God's nature to be an encouraging God. And he wants us to do the rest of this verse. How did, how did, how did God choose to encourage Paul? Here's how, the end of the verse. 
he encouraged us, Paul speaking, he encouraged us by the, revi- by the arrival of what? A guy named Titus. I don't even know if Titus understood his role in what he was doing. We don't know that God said, Titus, go to Paul and give him this message. But whatever transpired between God and Titus, Titus shows up, and Titus fulfills a role of being somebody who built Paul up, encouraged Paul. Maybe he recognized there was some struggle and distress, and he understood his role. Hey, I'm here to do something for this guy. And so God chooses to use this guy, Titus. Why? Why? Why, why all this in the Bible? I believe for the point and the purpose of God helping us grasp that we have a God. We, you and I, Christ followers, we have a God. We serve a God who cares for people who are discouraged and wants to and longs to and goes after us to encourage us. And here's the thing. It's God who also gives us eyes and ears to hear and to see and a heart to understand when he wants to encourage us. How oftentimes, all of a sudden, have you been reading a Bible verse? And, oh, my gosh, this verse, it just jumps off the page and just, like, leaps, like, and makes a connection with your heart. You're like, oh, my gosh, I needed that verse. Thank you, God, that was for me. Or all of a sudden, you get a text message from a friend who says, hey, dude, I've been thinking about you, been praying about you. And you're like, oh, he has no idea, does he? I don't think he does. How does he know? But, man, that was for me, right? There are times that all of a sudden God leverages somebody or something, a message somehow to make the connection, to remind you if you have eyes, if you have ears, if I understand, God will make the connection for you. So I think oftentimes it's maybe up to us to say, God, help me grasp when you're trying to give me some encouragement. Because sometimes we live such a fast-paced life we can miss this. So here's the thing. I remember uh, probably a year ago, I ran into somebody who I sort of recognized uh, who goes to our church or, or, or came on occasion to our church, a military guy. And he came up to me and he said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I'm so-and-so. I think he said it was, his name was Dave. I uh, ran into him at like at a Target or some kind of shopping center like that. He's like, hey, I go to your church and hey, I want you to pray for me. I'm getting ready to deploy soon. And I'm going to be gone for a few months. I've got to go do some stuff and come back. And, I'm, you know, all my military guys, I'm like, hey, man, tell you what you're doing. Tell me what's going on. And, and every now and then I'll get to learn some really awesome, cool stuff. But a lot of times you guys are like, no, can't say anything. So anyway, so this guy, he goes off. Think nothing, nothing of it. Probably four or five months later, I'm standing out in the lobby. And all of a sudden, I see that guy. And I see him walking up, and I'm talking to somebody, and I'm ADD, so I'm, like, always looking at somebody and thinking about five other things. I'm really bad about that. Sorry. Really scatterbrained, and I never, I never remember people's names. But I see this guy walking up, and all of a sudden, my eyes catch his eyes, and he looks like, he looks like death. Just like, like, like he was pale. It's like the life got sucked out of his face. And I could tell he's about to drop a bomb. Something's been going on. He's hurt. He's, he's devastated. He walks up, and I, I swear to you, this, this, you, you, those of you that uh, talk with me often or we have relationships, I forget everybody's name. But it was like a missile, a name missile came from heaven. It was like, ah, Dave. And I was like, Dave, what's up, man? And I'm like, I have no idea how I remember this guy's name. I didn't tell him that. But I, I go, well, Dave, what's up? And all of a sudden, he starts, he just, he, he loses it. Just straight up loses it. Big, burly guy, 
just bawls and starts crying and is like shaking. And he just, he tells me, you have no idea you, what you did for me by remember, remembering my name. Over this last week, I, I got back home. Wife and family are gone. Um, my world is devastated. I've been, I've been considering all weekend long that I should end it, that, that, that my life does not matter. And he said, I beg God on my way to church today, if you remember me, then would you just give me some sort of sign? He said, I don't know if you know it, know it, but you remember my name, and that's the sign that I know God had for me today. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. God tailor-made that. It has nothing to do with me. I, I forget everybody's name. But there was a missile, and God set this up. And God, See, here's the thing. God wants to use you and I to do his work of who he is. God is a God who longs to encourage the discouraged. And how does he do it? Does it through us. Does it through us. So I want to give you three things today. Three things. And I'm telling you, these are probably three of the most spiritual things that you can ever do. And if we will take up this mantle and sort of just step into this role, like put, put the, uh, the big E for encouragement on your chest. Like this is who I am. This is what we are to be for each other. Why? Because it's who God is. And God wants to be the God who encourages others. And the way he does it is through each other. So three of the most spiritual things you can do. The very first thing I want to get you to write down in your notes so you can hang on to this stuff. Go back and read these verses. Let these soak in. Very first thing is this. We should encourage each other daily. Daily. Now, how do, I, how do I, why do I just throw that out? Let me give you Hebrews 3.13, all right? Check this out in Scripture. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another what? Daily. Daily. Why daily? Why daily? Daily because daily we fight battles right? Mental, internal battles. Battles on the outside that affect us on the inside, right? You just look at our society, and and if you allow yourself, you can get depressed because everybody walks around. I don't see people smiling much. I don't see people waving much. I mean, we live in a world where, listen, we need to step up for each other and be the hands and feet and the attitude and the encouragement and the people builders, the life givers of Jesus. Jesus was the man who went to the cross, went to the grave, but then what happened? He came back to give what? Life, right? Life. I got it when I became a Christ follower and I bowed the knee. Many of you, you got life. We all have eternal life through Christ, but not just forever eternal life in heaven, God wants to be a, he wants us to be the people who pass on, like, life to others, right? Build each other up. God wants us to be Titus for each other. We ought to do it daily. We ought to do it daily. So uh, this looks like, you know, there's a lot of ways uh, to do this. We encourage each other daily, as long as it's called today, um, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So every single day, we should be a tool for God and his encouragement. If you think of something good, guess what? The rule ought to be you ought to say it, right? 
How often do you think of something good and you're like, ah, I don't have time to say it? No, no, no. From now on, I, I, I'm making the rule of my household. I, I, I want to make this rule for our church, not like a legalistic rule. This is a good rule, right? The rule ought to be every time you think of something good, pass it on. Could it be that God wants to use you to help bring life and hope to somebody else? So when you think it, do it. I'll tell you somebody who's phenomenal at this. I don't know if it's, yeah, it's his gift. But Richard Moore is a guy who, who goes to our church. He, he serves all, all over the place. He helps all over the place, leads small groups. He's like the Energizer Bunny, honestly. I don't know how much he has. I don't know how he has so much energy. But he just, he encourages me personally. I told him that this morning. I was like, it's so funny because I got a text from you today that even proves my point even more. But I had him in my notes this last week to say, um, let me just get honest for just a minute. I, I'm a candidate for being discouraged, especially when I am a person who has to stand up in front of a bunch of people and, and, and like, preach a sermon every week. It's not a speech for me. I carry this sermon, like, really, really heavy on my shoulders because I feel like I am passing on something that I feel like God wants me to say, right? And I, and I, I wear this this weight, this burden of like, I don't want to screw up God. I, want, I don't want to botch up what he wants to do. And then, and then I'll be honest, the reality for me is I, I probably, many, 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 most sermons, I don't walk away going, that's my best sermon. I'm really excited about that. Most of them I walk away going, man, I messed my words up. I flubbed that up. I forgot. I totally got lost in my notes. I'm like, Christy, can't you help me? Can someone, you know, I'm just like, ah, I'm mad at myself, right? Like, ah. But Richard is one of these guys. I don't know if God just sends him at just the right time. But I'll get a text message on, on Sunday afternoon. And I'll, I'll want to be tucked away. I'll be like mad at my house. Like, leave me alone. Message sucked today. I was terrible. It was bad, right? And I'll get this message from Richard. He'll say, what's up, chief? He calls me chief. What's up, chief? Dude, that was the most powerful, awesome, blah, 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 blah. And I'll tell you, I'll go back to that text and I'll read it for hours. <laughs> Why? Why? Am I any different than anybody else here? Everybody needs somebody to breathe life. God knew this. He knew this about us. He knew that we would go live. He even said it in Scripture. In this life, you'll have struggle. In this life, you'll have difficulty. Everybody needs somebodies. Not one, everybody. And our role, if we are breathing people and we are following Christ, we reflect his image and who he is to other people. So our role is we must build others up. And I'll, I'm being real honest. I'm, I used to think I was a real encourager. My dad is a phenomenal encourager. I knew so many men that were like, your dad invested in, my, in me. Your dad built me up. Your dad, my dad fights everybody for the, for the bill at the lunch table. He encourages everybody. I used to think that was me, but I'd rather just like, we did this this morning. I stood out front with a bunch of guys, and we just janked on each other. And they made fun of my, my pants and, like, and said my legs and my calves were the exact same <laughs> circumference all the way down. And they even heard the message already, right? And I loved it. And that guys kind of do that. But listen, we have to be the people who will stand up, bow up, and say, listen, I'm going to breathe life into you. Why? Because life is not breathing life into itself all by itself.
It's only through Christ, us receiving him and having that on a daily basis that we can pass him on to somebody else. Listen, our role and the most spiritual thing we can do is to not suck the life out of somebody, but to pass on life. Listen, if you have a good thought, text it. If you have a good thought, say it to somebody. They need it. I promise you, God wants you to be Titus for somebody else. You have no idea what it can mean for somebody else. You'd say, I'm not gifted at this. Most of us aren't. (laughs) But we need to get better at it. And if you get better at it, God will bring people in your life to do it for you. Let me say that again. We need to get better at it by starting to do that for somebody else. And as you start saying and texting and giving thoughts and calling a friend or stopping doing what you're doing and going and being that servant to somebody else, God will bring people in your life to encourage you. You'll build up a team of encouragers around you. So, number one, encourage others daily. Second thing is this. Encourage others spiritually. Encourage others spiritually. Romans 1.10 says this. One of the things I always pray for is the what? Is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some what? Spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. Now, I wanna, I'm going to connect something for you here in just a second. But he says, I want to bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. That's, that's, that's what he, Paul is saying his gift is to others and our gift is to each other. Not only are we to just encourage, but we are to encourage and make that a spiritual gift. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. And when we get together, he says, I want to encourage you in your faith. So that's the goal. Our goal is to always say, I'm not just encouraging for encouragement's sake. That is the case. But if there's a deeper goal in that, we're trying to encourage each other so they'll have greater what? Faith. That we build each other spiritually. So when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want you to, I also want to be encouraged by yours. So it's a two-way thing going on here. So here's how I see this. I, I believe this is what Scripture is trying to say. Um, God wants us to take the normal stuff, like the day-to-day stuff, like your kid uh, does something great in a sport. You're watching, and all of a sudden, little Johnny, man, he kicks a goal. You're like, woo, mom and dad are like fired up. You're like, Johnny, way to go. You kicked the goal. You the man. You're awesome. God wants us to take the normal stuff, right? You pull Johnny off the side, parents, and you say, hey, you kicked a great goal. You've got a gift. And then try to connect the dots spiritually. Johnny, God gave you that gift. You didn't get it all by yourself. You see the difference? It might be that you see a friend, and all of a sudden they get like a raise, and you're like, hey, congratulations, you got a raise. Take the normal thing, and then take it one step further. Not, not in every situation does this work, but we ought to encourage each other and connect the dots spiritually. It's a spiritual gift, right? Hey, you got a raise. Hey, praise God or thank the Lord. Do you recognize that God did that for you? And he did that so you could, you know, and connect the dots, right? So however... Whatever the normal stuff is, leverage it for it being a spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. Your wife comes home. She's had a hard day. Or you've come home. Your spouse, your husband, he's had a hard day. Thank you for working hard for me. You know what? You, honestly, right now, you give me courage for what I need to do because I've been, you know, and just connect the dots spiritually. Maybe it's through a verse. Maybe it's something you've been thinking through about who God is and you see that that strength come out of your spouse, hey, 
you just reminded me of God right now. The way you were loving. Maybe, you, maybe you've got a friend who's just got a phenomenal marriage. You're like, dude, you're married. The way you speak to your spouse, it, it, it just encourages me. You, just, you, you challenged me to be more like Jesus. Connect the dots. Think a good thought. Say it. Spray it. Share it. Connect it spiritually. God wants us to do that. So encourage each other spiritually. Third thing is this. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So encourage others, encourage each other spiritually, and encourage yourself in the Lord. Now let me just tell you, um, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, a guy named David, Old Testament character, um, he was a little bitty guy out in the field, he grows up, God sees uh, him as a future leader, he becomes a king, he goes through difficult times himself, really, really difficult times. Um, he goes through a massive, like, discouraged place, like really dep- discouraged, depressed, people trying to kill him also. And his words are this. About David, Samuel writes, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. That sounds kind of odd. David encouraged himself. So, hey, every now and then, Here's what I'm saying. You need to get your preach on. You need, to, you, need to, you need to step outside of yourself every now and then and say, look, I see my problem. I, I'm weighing in that there's problems on the outside. And I got some, some fear stirring up and some anxiety stirring up and some you know, discouragement stirring up inside. And we need, to, we need to get our preach on. Like, hey, enemy, I got, I got strength for this. I can handle this. I got faith for this. You're going through a hard time, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you start thinking, you know what? I can make it through these difficult times. Why? Because my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, right? You're going through a difficult time, and somebody's like on your case at work, so you show up, and you realize there's an outside, you know, force and negativity going on. You show up, and you go, you know what? If my God is for me, who can be against me? Maybe stomp your foot. Maybe, maybe like stick it to you, enemy. I can weather this. I can get through this. Maybe you show up and you realize like all my life, I, 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 I remind myself I'm an underachiever. My dad wasn't very great. I'm not very great. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm never going to do anything other than sell something or, you know, work on this product or build this little thing over here, widget, widget, whatever. But all of a sudden, it hits you. You go, you know what? My God says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Right? That's who I am. That's a truth that I'll hang on to. I can work through this. My God is working all things for good. Sometimes you just got to get your preach on and tell yourself that it's going to work out. Why? Because we serve a God. We serve a God that will show up and find a guy on an island who's been in a shipwreck and bring him Titus and say, I'm for you. I want to encourage you. I want you to be reminded who I am. See, that's what God wants to be for us, and he wants us to be that for somebody else. You hear us say around here all the time, God wants to leverage your story, your junk, some, some scars and pain of your past. Most of us, at least in our church, I know we got like the most beautifully messy church in all of Columbus, Georgia, right? We do, we do. 
And it's, it's, a, it's a perfect, wonderfully jacked up, beautiful place. But here's what I know. God wants to leverage your mess, your dirtiness, your scars, your past for somebody else's forever. And he wants to use that stuff and your knowledge about how bad it was to help and encourage somebody else. So listen, listen, listen. Let's do better at this. Let's man up. Let's game up. Let's step up. Let's be reminded that we have a God who would stop at nothing to encourage us. Why? Because he loves us. And if we're to be like him and image bearers of who he is, then we must, we must, we must step up and build others up. Listen, I know, I know, I know. Some of you are like, I'm not really good at this. I'd rather like tell somebody and give them a reality check, right? I'd rather be the rain and the, the party pooper. It's just, I kind of feel that way. Like, listen, somebody, people like Richard, I don't know if it's easier, if it's hard, or maybe he goes to high school, I don't know. Some people are gifted at it. Some people are not. But here's the thing, all of us, if you have God in you, then you can be somebody who encourages and builds somebody up. Let's step up. It's, it's, it's what God wants to do in you, for you, and for somebody else. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for the simplicity of your word. God, your word is like beautifully mysterious, but also incredibly practical. God, and, and I just... I just sense that this is such a spiritual, uh, wonderful, spiritually uh, incredible tension uh, spot, but also a sweet spot where you want us to kind of get in line with who you are so we can be that for someone else. So God, would you help us be the church that would be the church that would model to the rest of the world, every man, woman, and child in our city, and every man, woman, and child across this planet, God, let us your followers, be those who represent you by bringing life. Let us bring life, God. God, help us each to take a small spiritual step of today, finding somebody, whatever, whatever pops in our heads to say, hey, I love your shirt, nice mustache. Hey, the way you express that, thanks. Hey, thank you for your kindness. God, help us to be and bring life to everyone around us. God, I pray that uh, until the day that you return, God, would you let us do that well. Lord, we love you. And God, I pray right now for the person who is in this room who says, that's nice. Thank you, preacher. That's nice, fluffy, good stuff. Uh, but I'm lost. I'm I'm. I'm far, far, far from God today. Let me just say this, that every head bowed and every eye closed. Today, today could be the day that God brought you here for this moment for you to find faith, hope, freedom, forgiveness, and for him to become your personal Savior today. I, I really believe that. Many, many people last hour said yes, saying today I want Jesus to be my Savior. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to close in a prayer in just a moment. And if you would like for me to pray for you and you pray along with me, I want to be saved. Would you just raise your hand? I won't call you out. But anybody in this room say, Pastor, pray for me today. I'm lost. 
I want to be forgiven. I need, I need a Savior today. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Anybody else? Pray for me. Yes, sir. All over the room. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I see you. Anybody else? God, right now, we thank you that your word makes this so simple. You said that if we'll confess with our mouths, meaning if we'll just say it, that I believe Jesus is Lord, you said we will be saved. God, if we, even if we struggle and we don't have like this monumental, unbelievable, huge ability to have this perfect faith, ours is kind of messy. But God, right now in this moment, if we just would simply just say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross. I can't prove it factually. I can't even point it out in the scriptures, but I believe he did that. He's wooing my heart right now. And so today, I'm surrendering to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life and saying, I need you today. Jesus, would you come into my life, me, yes, me right now, and would you save me? I want to today make you the leader and forgiver of my life. Lord, I surrender to you now. God, I, I want to just, I want to celebrate, God, that you've been with us today. Thank you, God, that you are leading us to be a church that brings life not only to uh, ourselves through what you've done for us, but we can give hope to others by being the hands and feet of you. God, we love you. Thank you for what you've done here today. In your precious name, we pray. And everybody said strongly and powerfully, amen. that awesome everybody stand was that amazing or what what a great day stand with us we're gonna start to wrap up our service uh i'm telling you this is gonna be the most encouraging christmas in the whole wide world is it not i'm telling you watch it's, it's gonna be a good one listen in just a moment we're gonna wrap the service by having the band lead us in one more song of worship and as we do when that happens the offering buckets will make their way down the rows and if you like this is an opportunity for us to contribute to give if you're a first time guest here today we want to make sure you just be our guest we won't want this to feel pressure or weird or awkward but for some of us this is our opportunity to trust god with our stuff and to uh and and to give financially to my church there are a lot of ways to do it you can do it with the buckets or also online or using our app, or in the uh, giving kiosk, whatever is more comfortable for you. But with that in mind, I want to mention something before we receive our offering. Being that it's December, we do a really cool tradition every year around Christmas time here at my church. And it's called the My Church Christmas Gift Offering. And what we do, many of our families do this, and a lot of the individuals in our church, we decide we want to give our best and our biggest gift of the season back to the Lord, and we do that by giving and contributing financially to the church. And so it's just a way to say, look, this is celebrating God's gift of Christ and his birth, and to do that, we're going to give our biggest and our best gift to the church. And so in the weeks ahead, you might want to consider and pray and think about how you could participate in this really cool tradition of the gift offering. You can do it through any of the other ways we mentioned or the ways of giving. It doesn't have to be right here on site, but some people, some of our families, and you can start this starting next Sunday 
all the way through Christmas time. Some of our families like to make it kind of an event and a memory for everybody in the family to be able to bring the offering together and have just a moment of worship. Whatever the case may be, all we're asking is that you consider how you might want to participate in the Christmas gift offering this year. We are earmarking our Christmas gift offering for some really cool stuff that's going to happen in 2017. And we're going to be able to finance and, and help grow and build our homeless ministry. And we're also going to be uh, looking to hire a full-time staff member to be a youth minister. That will be awesome. Take our youth ministry to the next level. And, of course, we're looking forward to being able to break ground on our, our land. So these are the things that the Christmas gift offering is going to help with. You get excited about that? It's going to be awesome. So consider how you want to con contribute to that. Pray on it. Think on it. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to have the band take us out with a cool time of, uh, of singing a song. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for showing up here and kicking off my church Christmas time so, in such an amazing way. Thank you, Lord, for that. We pray you would bless this offering. We pray you would bless this time of worship, and we, God, are so grateful that we don't have to be slaves to fear anymore because we are children of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen.